I, I want to look at something today, um, going back to something I talked about a little while ago, um, or just a few weeks ago, but before I sort of head off into that, I said, if you could ask God for anything for Christmas, what would you ask for? And when you've done your Christmas list, or be behind the camera, here's another So, imagine you can ask God for anything for Christmas. Peace. Peace, okay, peace on earth. Anything else? Son's healing, yep, healing, understand that one. Anything else? Put it out. A PlayStation 4. Now, now, now we're getting serious, now it's alright, so. PlayStation 4. More revelation, okay, more revelation, that's good. Okay, well let's, um, let's read from a passage in 1, 1 Kings chapter 3. This is when uh, Solomon's become king, following on from King David. And 1 Kings chapter 3 verse 4 says this, The king went to Gibeon to offer sacrifices, for that was the most important high place. And Solomon offered a, a thousand burnt offerings on that altar. At Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon during the night in a dream. And God said, ask for whatever you want me to give you. Now, isn't it amazing what can happen in a dream? <laughs> I was just reflecting upon this uh, last couple of days. What could happen in your sleep? What can happen in your sleep? Solomon answered, you have shown great kindness to your servant, my father David, because he was faithful to you and righteous and upright in heart. You have continued this great kindness to him and given him a son to sit on his throne this very day. Now, O Lord my God, you have made your servant king in place of my father David, but I am only a little child and do not know how to carry out my duties. Your servant is here among the people you have chosen, a great people too numerous to count or number. So give your servant a discerning heart to govern your people and to distinguish between right and wrong. For who is able to govern this great people of yours? The Lord was pleased that Solomon had asked for this. So God said to him, Since you have asked for this and not for long life or wealth for yourself, nor have asked for the death of your enemies, but for discernment in administering justice, I will do what you have asked. I will give you a wise and discerning heart so that there will never have been anyone like you, nor will there be, ever be. That's an interesting. Isn't that amazing statement? The wisdom of Solomon. Moreover, I will give you what you have not asked for, both riches and honor, so that in your lifetime you will have no equal among kings. And if you walk in my ways and obey my statutes and commands, as David your father did, I will give you a long life. Then Solomon awoke, and he realized it had been a dream. It's like one of those sort of ends to a story, isn't it? Oh, and it was a dream. But this was really a dream. And um, <clears throat> I just thought, isn't it extraordinary? What, what can happen, the exchanges that you can have with God in a dream. And what did, what did Solomon receive that, that night? Well, he received wisdom from God that has been unsurpassed, and the Bible says will be unsurpassed in human history. And uh, if you read through you know, 1 Kings, you see uh, how his wisdom was outworked, and the Queen of Sheba comes to, to see and visit, and, and people are just, they, they, Queen of Sheba says, I've, I've heard about it, but it's even more astonishing than I've even heard about. And so the wisdom of, of heaven is something that, that, that can attract uh, the attention of, of, of kings, queens, and, and nations. And um, it's something to be valued, I would suggest, probably higher than anything else. So if you want to ask God for wisdom for Christmas, how assured would you be of getting it? Is, is, it, just, is it just Solomon who, who managed to get, get, get a special dose? <coughs> um, 
And then also remember that the, the whole book of Proverbs is, is, is Solomon's summary of, of some of the wisdom that God gave him and is still amazingly useful to this day, is it not? So um, the, book of, so the book of Proverbs handily has 31 chapters. So when you get a 31-day month, it's quite a good idea. Just you know, take, take one of those, January, whatever. February doesn't quite work with it. It's got 29 days next year, wasn't it, because it's a leap year. But um, just read through the book of Proverbs and just see the wisdom of God released through human thought. Okay, so, so here it goes. So Proverbs 3, just as an example. Proverbs 3 says, Blessed is the man who finds wisdom, the man who gains understanding, for she is more profitable than silver and yields better returns than gold. Want a good investment? <laughs> Wisdom is, is, is a fantastic investment because it sets you up for eternal riches. So James chapter 1 says this, If any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God. So does anybody like more wisdom? Because I, I, I'm in more wisdom. more wisdom. And what I want to suggest to you, is that that wisdom, sometimes we just think, well, I need wisdom because I've got some problems to face. And wisdom is not just problem-orientated. It's it's creative-orientated. Again, it it tells us in in the Bible that that, that wisdom was there at the moment of creation. Um, It actually talks about wisdom being being the the tool that God used in the the process of creation. So, So... what we're talking about, because I think some people say, oh, I need wisdom because I've got all these, these issues that I'm facing. Well, actually, it's a lot bigger than that. The wisdom of heaven can un, un, uh, well, release the abundance of heaven in a way that we have never known it before. Is that make, making sense to you? So, ten years ago, God said to us, I'll place you at these gates of the city. We had no idea what that meant. We had some ideas, thought it could be the city of London. Um, there was no idea that this was going to be a city. His wisdom, which we then chose to follow and pursue, has released into us into a measure that we would have never have dreamed of before. And the opportunities that come with, come with that. <coughs> um, so, if you lack wisdom, I was going to suggest that we all need more wisdom, not because of problems, but because of the, the potential that wisdom releases in and through our lives, to be a huge blessing to the world around us. How do we change the world? By blessing it. God's promise to Abraham is, I'll bless you, and then through you, I'll bless all the nations of the world. That's good, isn't it? How much blessing can you contain? Lots. lots. You can have lots, can't you, Julie? Yes. And as I taught you, one of the, the, um, one of the keys is keeping on being filled in a way that's overflowing. Remember, I used a bottle last time, but see, when will this get full? Well, God's measure is is not just when it gets to the top, it's when it flows over. And if I keep pouring into that container, there is no limit to how far that can spread. And uh, I remember when I was teaching this week, teaching some people saying that that, that some people think of being filled with the Spirit as as, as a top-up. You know, when when you get a bit dry, a bit empty and get a top up so you get full that's not the biblical concept the biblical concept of being full is that you're always full to overflowing don't wait until you've got to be empty you think oh not much left in there 
That, that's a mistake in Christianity. Oh, I, think I need some more of God now because I'm running a bit dry. No, the answer is you don't get, don't get dry in the first place. Just, just keep on being filled and overflowing. And, and this, is, this is my sort of dream at the moment that I'm sick. That, 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 that I want to be so filled with wisdom overflowing that actually the nations are thinking, wow, look at those guys. They've got the answers. For, for, look at that creativity. Wow. You know, I, I, dream, I think I've said this before. I dream of, of a, a vaccine that will wipe HIV AIDS off this planet. Well, that, that heaven's got that. Now, that it's waiting to be poured out of heaven. Educational sort of wisdom. See, I, I, I'm looking, dreaming of a time when, when, when going to school is a delight for teachers, parents, and children. That'd be a good day, wouldn't it? Where healthcare is not so overpressured, but health is something that gets enjoyed. There's a lot for us to do. The Christian life is not just about seeing people saved from their sin. It's about creating life around us in ever-increasing measure. And uh, in order to get that, that, you need to get wisdom. Okay. So, if you ask God, it says this. <clears throat> you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. See, this, that's, that's the character of God. You know, God is generous, and he's not there to find fault with you. Most people are very good at finding fault with themselves, which thinks that disqualifies them from receiving from God. You with me on that? <laughs> so, find oh, no, no, God gives generously to all without finding fault. And then it says, when, when you ask, when he asks, he must believe and not doubt. You must believe and not doubt that God is generous. I'm not out to find fault with you. Because he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That man should not think he will receive anything from the Lord. He's a double-minded man, unstable in all he does. And that's, that's quite a strong statement. If you, you know, so Hold on a minute. He says, it will be given to him. But then that man won't receive anything. It, the, the problem is, a lot of people, they, they believe in the generosity and the grace of God. And then having got hold of that, they then think they somehow have to earn the extra. That, that you, 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 rather than receiving because it's just God's grace generously given to you without finding fault, you suddenly have to think, well, I have to be up the game to get the no. All you have to do is keep on receiving you, <laughs> because He's generous and He gives generously without finding fault. Okay, so if you ask God, He will give you wisdom. And I would say, over the course of my life, I've prayed for wisdom more than anything else. I, I you know, come on and. And I continue to pray for God to give me wisdom. And you know what? He continues to give us wisdom. Why? Because he hasn't got a, a, a shortage. There's no lack of supply on his part. But what is important, if we turn forward to James chapter 3, is that we understand that we get the right sort of wisdom. Okay? So, who, is, who among you is wise and understanding? James chapter 3, verse 13. Let him show it by his good behavior, his deeds done in the gentleness of wisdom. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your heart, do not be arrogant and so lie against the truth. This wisdom is not that which comes down from above, but is earthly, natural, demonic. That's strong language, isn't it? Shall I say that again? If you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your heart, do not be arrogant and so lie against the truth. This wisdom is not that which comes down from above, but is earthly, natural, demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there is disorder and every evil thing. 
come on that sort of wisdom. <laughs> it's regarded as wisdom, but it's not coming from the place you want it to. See, when God gives wisdom, this is what it looks like. The wisdom from above is first pure, peaceable, gentle, reasonable, full of mercy and good fruits, unwavering, without hypocrisy. So, now, for the past couple of months, I've not been able to escape from this as, as a sort of something to, to, to grapple with, to get my brain around, because what I realized was that the getting wisdom from the wrong source is extraordinarily damaging. Okay, so I'm happy to drink this water. I got it out of the tap downstairs. So it's, it's fit, for, fit for purpose. It's drink. Now, if I allow this to get contaminated, if I pour some bad stuff in it, I won't want to drink it. Or if I do drink it, it'll, it could do me harm. And what is really important to understand is that, that, that here at Eastgate, we've tried to create a, uh, an oasis where people can come, come and drink of the goodness of God. It's a place where, where, where he is present and, it's, and a lot of people come here and there's refreshing. We do ourselves, hopefully. And you, know, you get used to, used to being in an environment um, where the presence of God is, is, is manifest and, and, and we enjoy it. And I was chatting to somebody. So, yeah. It's almost like this is our normal. Well, yes, it is our normal, hopefully. But don't take it you know, um, in that sense for granted and treasure it, what God is doing here. And also we need to protect it because if we allow our water supply to get contaminated, it won't be fit for drinking. Does that make sense? So, so, so we, we, we have a culture of freedom here, and, but, it, but we, we guard it so that other people can enjoy it. Rather, We, we must not be allowed to be contaminated because contaminated. the wisdom that comes from above is pure, which means it's uncontaminated. So I've looked into this thing. So it talks about two things particularly, jealousy and selfish ambition. So selfish ambition and jealousy are manifestations of, of wisdom that is unhelpful. So, okay. so like I mentioned to you, coming through um, Geneva Airport, I, I went and had a look at the Rolex watches. I, I don't know anything about Rolex watches, really. I just thought I'd go in and have a look. I had no intention of buying one because I... I've got a nice watch anyway, and I, and I thought they'd probably be more expensive than I wanted to pay. And I, once I saw there was no price tags, I was pretty certain they were more expensive than I wanted to pay. So, so I thought, <coughs> so, oh, okay. Um, but I tell you what, if somebody offered me a Rolex watch on the street, I would not be able to tell you whether it's a, a proper Rolex watch. I've been offered Rolex watches in Mexico. I was. <laughs> now, I was pretty certain it wasn't <laughs> by the fact that the street vendor was sort of um, from a Rolex watch for, I can't remember, not a lot of money. And I think, I don't think that's really a Rolex watch. But I actually, I would have no idea. See, how do you know something's counterfeit? Well, you don't know something's counterfeit if you actually know the, the real thing. Yeah. It's what? It's not not, well, it's not valuable. Yeah. See, it's interesting. Do you know how they train people to 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 um, recognise counterfeit banknotes? They study the real ones. It's the only way. See, see <laughs> so the only way you can really work it out is if you know what the genuine article is. Then you can 
recognize when it's not. So this is why understanding what heaven's wisdom is really, it's really important that we understand what heaven's wisdom is like and understanding what selfish ambition looks like. Um, Because, again, I I said this a few weeks ago and I'm coming back to it. See, the problem with with, with this concept of, of that selfish ambition is bad is you can think then all ambition is bad and that's not true. See, see, often the, the, the devil is a, a liar, and he, he's, he counterfeits things. Um, and he counterfeits things, for, for, there are two, two purposes for that. He counterfeits things to try and sneak something false into the environment. Yeah? But he also counterfeits things so that you get fearful about it, so you don't recognize and use the real thing. Makes sense? So, so, that, so that because this, oh, that, 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 ooh, don't want to touch that, that's bad. It, it, it then makes you fearful about the real thing. So, so, so we, need, we do need to understand how you have wisdom and ambition sitting alongside one another. So let me go into that with you briefly because the, the Greek word for uh, selfish ambition um, is basically, where is it? I've lost it here. Uh, it means aiming for political f- position. It's, it's using, let me find it. It's, it's a Greek word called erytheia, and it means this, this desire for position and influence, particularly in a political realm, where you maneuver yourself to be noticed, to be uh, promoted, uh, to be uplifted. So the ambition, what I call the ambition for position, that ambition to actually be, be created. Now, Elsewhere in the Bible, it tells you to be ambitious for things. So in 1 Thessalonians 4, 11 and 12, it says, Make it your ambition to lead a quiet life, to mind your own business, and to work with your hands, just as we told you, so that your daily life may win the respect of outsiders, and so that you will not be dependent on anybody. Now, you might think, that doesn't sound very ambitious, to lead a quiet life. <laughs> but what, what I want to pull out that is, you know that every day of your life you can be ambitious with, because every day, and it says this, because you gain the respect of outsiders, every day you have an opportunity to touch other people with the kingdom of heaven. There isn't one day that goes by, generally, where you won't have some interaction with somebody, unless you live on a, a desert island, but even there they might have Facebook, I guess. <laughs> Paul made it his ambition to preach the gospel where nobody had preached it before and the word for ambition in these two contexts is is it's a greek word philotimiomai now i'm not a greek scholar so but um, i can use the concordances in the books um now you need to break that down particularly it's got t- two parts of it so philo or filio as it, it's uh, is the root of that means to love okay to love now who knows what the word timeo means Honour. It's the word honour. Yeah, it's, it's actually the word honour. And it means the love of honour. Um, now, when we're talking about honour, and this is where you know, we've heard was talk about the culture of honour, the word uh, honour that, that is used in the, in, in the Bible is timio, and it has the, the meaning of to value, to put a value on something. Okay. And <clears throat> the idea of ambition is, 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 is this, is, is the love of valuing others. I like that. The ability to, to pour your life out in a way 
that loves other people in an extraordinary dimension. To love, to honor, and value other people. Make this your ambition. Love other people in an extraordinary way. Every time we, this time you come around to Christmas and I ask, my, ask myself the same question each year. How much does Christmas cost? Now, I'm not actually asking it for myself. I just ask it, how much did the father pay for Christmas? You think Christmas costing you a lot of money? <laughs> a lot of effort. Just think, when, when Jesus was born on planet Earth and the father looked down at the vulnerable state of his own son with people wanting to kill him, and not just knowing that, but knowing actually the fact that his life's journey was going to end up at the cross. Is that not an extraordinary price to pay? God so loved the world that he sent his son. That is amazing. But, you know, he knew that. He knew the cost of Christmas before the foundation of the world. It didn't just suddenly catch him out. He was willing to pay that price. And Jesus also willing to pay that price. Why? Because of the value they place upon every human being on planet earth. God loves you that much. Isn't that amazing? You've gone quiet on me. Imagine I gave you a million pounds for Christmas. That'd be fun, wouldn't it? It's not likely to happen, not, but, um, but, but... So don't start the queue at the end of the meeting, all right? If I could give you a million pounds, could you spend it? You're working on it, aren't you? Just thinking, yeah, brain's, brain's starting to tick over. Probably, get, probably manage it, couldn't you? You could. Most of us think, wow, give me a million pounds. Most of us could spend a million pounds on things like houses, house for family, all sorts of things. It's not that I, I honestly think, you know, it's a lot of money, but actually most of us have got a way of spending that money if we needed to. If I gave you 10 million pounds, how would you do? Now you start off. Yeah. Having to think now, aren't you? Support all your family. Got a big family? No? Okay. Well, they're doing pretty well, that family. <laughs> how about if I give you 100 million pounds? How about if I give you a billion pounds? We'll know where to start. See, we often relate to God in terms of our limited need and his limited supply and our limited ambition with what he would do for us. Once you understand that you have a father who loves you beyond measure and has released the resources of heaven into your life without limit because he's generous and gives generously to all without finding fault, how much wisdom does he want to give you? He wants to give you more than you'd ever managed. You can He'll give you more than you can ask or imagine. If I gave you 10 billion, then you could start to change the world, couldn't you? Yeah? You could start to do things that you would have never imagined possible in your life. And what we need to break out of is, is, is a limited concept of God's resources and, and the potential that he has placed within us. So if you are born again today, who lives inside you? Jesus. Good. <laughs> you, I don't look very excited about that. I, 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 okay. I am mega excited that, that God lives inside me. Yes. Holy, Spirit, Holy Spirit lives in there. 
is a wow. That is, is that not exciting? Oh yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm thinking about turkey and all those Christmas presents to buy. I know, I just told you something. You have God of the universe inside you. Does he have any limits? No. So you don't either. You should get ambitious with your life. Get ambitious. Start a dream. On the day of Pentecost, God poured out the Holy Spirit. What did he give? Dreams and visions. What happened to Solomon in a dream? Whoa. You know, something that is still referred to in the, all of the world, that Solomon will be regarded if you put names Solomon and wisdom go together. Throughout the world. The wisdom of Solomon is something still referred to. How did it happen? When did it happen? It happened in a dream. How many are you going to go to bed tonight and sleep? Seriously, maybe if, if you like night shift, you go to bed some. How, you know, how are you going to sleep within the next 48 hours? Hopefully all of us. Um, if, if you're a mum and you're struggling, we'll pray for you. Um, I, was, I was surprised that none of you came up with what you wanted for Christmas was sleep. Cause, uh, uh, and what, what potential is simply within going to sleep with God? How ambitious are you for your night times? What, what can God accomplish while you're saying, oh, no, I just need rest, that's all it's all about. No, 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 no. It's not just about getting rest because you've had a tiring day. It's a time when you can encounter God in the most extraordinary form because what, you know what, your logic won't get in the way. See, and, and what we need, to take, we need to get beyond, and this is why it's important to understand. See, if I gave you a thousand pounds, you'd have absolutely no trouble getting rid of it. Because actually we've got needs. We have needs. But we need, Christianity needs to go way beyond our needs out to loving the world with the extraordinary extravagance of God. That's what Christmas is about. God loved the world with an unbelievable extravagance of himself. I love Christmas. I love the Christmas story because it tells me who God is and how much he loves this world. And my ambition is to be like him. And I guard myself, and I, I guard myself as best I can from selfish ambition. Now, it's very difficult sometimes to, guard, to know your own motivation, isn't it? That's why you need good friends around you. We don't exist in isolation. And uh, so, one of the ways to guard yourself against selfish ambition, which is really important, is, is being very open to correction. Who do you allow to correct you? How easy are you to correct? Well, yeah, Jesus and God is a good answer. I don't normally have much argument with Jesus and God, but uh, it's when somebody else comes to, <laughs> to it's when somebody else comes along and, and has has a word with me. I'm not perfect. I know I've got perfection inside me, God, but actually that working is, is still, in some ways, imperfect. Got any? Questions about that? You could ask Kim. <laughs> but I, I, I need to be, because it's very difficult sometimes to, 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 to know your own motivation, isn't it? Yeah. And if I gave you ten million pounds, it would, it would test it out. That's for certain. The spiritual riches in this environment test out stuff. They really do. 
How will you use the spiritual riches that God is pouring out in this place? Because it's very easy to, to do it either way. So the spiritual riches God is pouring out in this place, we're meant to be ambitious to take hold of them and pour them out into other people's lives for their benefit. Not take them to build ourselves up into some position of Christian preeminence. So that's really important. And, and, but some, you know, it's difficult. We need other people who can come alongside us and say, hold on a minute, Pete. That, are you sure about that? What's going on there? What, what's, and, so we, we take it really seriously to guard this environment from selfish ambition. But being aware that all of us can be a bit like that. Yeah? Uh, but I don't want you to be afraid of being ambitious. Not because of that. Do you, do you understand? This, this is what I'm trying. That's why you need wisdom from heaven. And friends alongside you will be on, alongside and say, come on, let's go together. And the best way that I know of, of discerning this is, is be, be honest with yourself. Do you need to be noticed? We all like being noticed, don't we? What happens when you're not noticed? <laughs> that, that is a test. <laughs> what happens when you're not noticed? Do you still keep loving? Do you still keep pouring out? Because the ultimate security is my position in Christ. Because he's seated me with him in heavenly places. And that's true for all eternity. I cannot gain a higher position than he has already given me. There is no point in aiming for a higher position. I've already got the highest. And so have you. Exactly the same. There's no competition as to who's got the highest place. Jesus always wins that one. He's the name above all names. But you know what? He's seated us with him in heavenly places. So, yeah. You know, rest secure in that. You know, Jesus, I'll end with this one. It says in Philippians that Jesus did not consider equality with God something to be held on to at all costs. Yeah? Because he was. He, didn't, he wasn't insecure. Jesus was not insecure about being God. He knew he was God. Therefore, he emptied himself and poured out his life, even to death on a cross. That's Philippians chapter 2. And that level of security in our lives, to know who you are, who God has made you to be, enables you to live a life where you have no problems at all in just pouring out your life, loving, honoring, and valuing the world around you. And Christmas is, is the example in front of us, for every one of us, <coughs> to learn from. So there's some, some thoughts. Uh, right, let's, let's, let's stand and pray together.